Welcome to Ball vs. Life, a podcast where your hosts, JC and Jack, discuss NorCal vs. SoCal perspectives, the Bay vs. LA. Thanks for tuning in. Let's roll. Welcome back to Ball vs. Life. Ball vs. Life is two months old now, JC. How do you feel about that? Yes, sir. Man, it's been a whirlwind. It's gotten really, uh, it, it's escalated really quick in terms of what we've been trying to do. But it's nice to be able to stay regular and get uh, episodes out every Wednesday. And we'll try to do to do our best to get that. It really has been like raising week. a baby uh, because in the beginning you really have no idea what you're doing. So little by little, we're we're training ourselves to understand what exactly we are doing as parents, and we're messing up along the way. But it's all like a great learning experience. Absolutely. absolutely. So I want to say for our two month anniversary i guess to put it we're bringing on a really special guest uh, he's a he's a friend of ours and he's a diehard clipper fan his name is leo you want to say hi leo hey what's up guys this is leo what's up leo welcome know, he's, back he's yeah he's been a, a good friend of mine we've known each other since middle school through high school and obviously college he's a fellow cal alumni that's right yes sir go bears go bears i remember the rsf days as well those are good days. I don't know if you listened to our last episode. Probably not because you're busy with life. But we talked about balling 20s versus 30s. And 20s, obviously, <laughs> balling at the RSF. <laughs> yeah, we put in a lot of hours at the RSF. For those who don't know, the RSF is the, the gym for all the students at Cal. So what I, one, one thing I can tell you about 20 versus 30s, at least for me, 20s I ball, 30s I don't ball anymore. It's really <laughs> sad. But... Uh, but uh, you know, it's called having a kid. That that's that's exactly why the Paul the, the the pod is called Ball vs Life. Normally, in your twenties, ball wins, but later life wins. <laughs> life is greater than ball. Oh, Sad to hear that, Leo. Sad to hear that because you used to be my running partner. Uh, JC kind of took over for a little bit, and then you fell off the earth. So I had to, I I had to keep it going, man. I had to keep it going. We used to play at the the twenty four hour gym a lot, right? Yeah, the tw- the twenty four hour and also Stanford. We actually actually used actually the three of us played for a little bit at Stanford. Yeah, we we went to that. enemy yeah. territory. Very nice facilities, man. It's really top notch. It's world class facilities over at. Come Stanford. on, bro. Are you trying oh, to go crazy. go against the RSF? Come on. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. If if you're talking about just straight up facilities, Stanford knows what's up. Hey, but but, but the RSF is a better training ground, guys. Like Stanford kids absolutely. are spoiled, <laughs> right? They got nice facilities, nice floors. They got towels yeah. on the way in, on the way yeah. out. Yeah. We got nothing. Yeah. And uh, hey, Leo, it's it's never too late to come back, though. Ball is always going to be there, so you know, just gotta work your way back into the into the mix, and well, you know, we'll probably see you in the courts not not uh, not too long from now. Yeah, I agree. Leo, don't wait too long, though. You're only getting older, buddy. <laughs> Still, you still. I still see. I'm. I'm watching you right now over the camera, and you got. You know, you, you look like you're getting in better shape. So put that to functional use. Don't just do it for show, man. <laughs> I, I I appreciate the love, but you know, I I gotta say the fitness basketball fitness is a different thing. And uh, the last time I played, the whole time I was worried about pulling something. <laughs> it's not because I'm. Not, <laughs> it's just. I just feel like my legs. Something might happen to my legs. You know. Yeah. Don't worry, bro. Like, if you listen to the last pod, we have all these techniques to help you kind of manage all of these uh, 30, 30 year old uh, look, look, look that at right. you, you're, that, you're that guy with the equipment, right? <laughs> look at JC plugging our pod. <laughs> he just can't help himself. But I, I want. Hypervolt, baby. Biofreeze. Baby. They aren't sponsors, but they we are open to sponsorship. <laughs> um, so let's get into it. Leo, why don't you let us in on. 
just how where your Clipper fandom starts because you're a diehard fan. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm happy to, and I'll keep it very brief. I'm not gonna give you the whole Clipper sorrow story, but it all started back in 1992. Um, I was been a Clippers fan. That was the season when um, Larry Brown was the coach, and uh, the Lake the Lakers actually missed the playoffs, <laughs> I believe, and the and the Clippers made the playoffs. And the the reason the whole reason why I became a fan is it's just it's just called being a child and not really know what I was doing. I liked the colors. <laughs> I didn't like purple and gold. You know, it was never a thing for me. And I liked the Clipper color, and and they were going to the playoffs. And I went with them. And who are the players? <laughs> who are the players with the Clippers back then? Ninety-two. That's an old, <laughs> old-school Clipper fandom. I give you props. Oh man, we got we got Danny Manning. Danny Manning. We got Ron. Oh, yeah. We got Ron Harper. We we Ooh. we we pre Bulls Ron Harper. This is nice. Yeah, this is even before for the, for the Cal fans out there. This is even before Lamar Murray. Wow. I don't know if anyone knows oh, who wow. Lamar Murray is. Wow. But uh, but that was that was a team. <laughs> we got we actually that's, got that's... Doc Rivers for a little bit. We got Mark Jackson for a little bit. It was it was an interesting time. Oh wow. He was doing the little shoulder thing in the Clipper uniform, I'm sure. Wow, that's that's some old school knowledge, man. That's that I give you props. I, I can't go away. That, that was a rough time for the Clippers. <laughs> that, that was a rough time. So that's legit in my book. Wow. That was rough. Uh and then and then we we started getting used to rooting for guys like Eric Pajkowski, oh. uh Brent Barry, oh. Rodney Rogers, Pooh Richardson. This is Ooh, all poo. before People started falling off the Clippers when they start talking about liking D Miles, yeah. you know the the Lamar, the Elton Brand, Q Rich. and and those Q Rich. That's right. Q Rich, yeah, they yeah. they actually came out and started doing a pod. It's very cool. Yeah, Michael Olomokandi, <laughs> man, number one pick hey, overall. Man, oh, stop gosh. piling on Leo. <laughs> Give him a little breathing room. Talk about <laughs> talk about dark times. Hey. From from an embattled Warriors fan, I, there's only few people that could really, really relate to the the suckiness yeah. of these teams. Let's talk Bimbo Coast. Michael Olobokandi and Todd Fuller are probably in the same sort of uh, stratosphere of, of draft busts. Oh, so. man, we can go way back. We can go all day with this, by the way. But I know that's... <laughs> yeah. We probably shouldn't do that. But, but I'll, just end with, pod. I'll just end with Eric Dampier <laughs> and Bimbo Coles, and let's move on. The- Oh yeah, exactly. This is exactly. also a therapy he knows. session. He knows. So we just get it out, you know, get it out of your system again. <laughs> <laughs> Needless to say, we've established uh, Leo's yes. credibility as a Clipper fan. He put in all those years, man. I, I'm, Anybody that could drop Eric Piatkowski is good in my book, man. I'm a, I'm a real guy, and just just one one stadium experience I can tell you about. Those just weird two seasons when we would play at the LA Sports Arena. But we also part time at the uh, now they call it the Honda Center, mm. um, but it's the, the 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 pond of Anaheim is what they used to call it. It's like the weirdest thing. They have a green hardwood and a Clippers logo on it. It's not even a team color, <laughs> but and that's the ground we play at. We average at about a thousand dollar, a thousand people a game, and uh, those are the times, man. All right, I just want to tell you, I've always, I've never told you this, but. I want to tell you on this pod that I really respected your fandom all these years going through such tough times. I, I didn't know it was all born out of foolishness of being young and just at that time they just happened to make the playoffs. Who would have knew that would have gave you years of misery? Oh, it, it, it's more than misery, right? It's also, you think about us growing up, you think about my social interactions with my friends. Every time I go on a ball, every time we watch some basketball together, we hang out and 
I'm just a laughing stock, right? Like, oh, Clippers! Yeah, you you put in your time for sure, man. You really have put in your time. You're even pre Frankie Muniz Clipper. <laughs> that's like light years ahead of all of these bandwagon Clipper fans. Wow, that's so, that's a props. great drop, dude. As Frankie Mun- Nunez, dude, that's a really good drop. I f- totally forgot about him. <laughs> hey, man, I'm just saying. You know, as an NBA fan, I keep track of all of this, and we all have our our opportunities to to crap on each other. But props is due when props is due, and you get Amen. my props for sure. All right, so, so I want to tell you guys that I'm I'm going through the lean years now, so don't don't worry about it. But to to, to now we're going to move forward. We're yeah. gonna milk it. Bro. I sure. You know, we're gonna milk Leo it. Leo will, will make sure he's gonna milk it because I gave him a lot of shit growing up. So let, let's get into it. Um, I want to also say that Leo has a very unique perspective because he grew up in L.A., obviously, becoming a Clippers fan, and he moved up to the Bay Area. So this whole Bay versus L.A., he has a he has a very interesting perspective on it. Also being a Clippers fan in the Bay Area where it's all Warriors 24-7 now. So let's talk about my L.A. topic and let's get into Bay versus L.A. We, we cannot not talk about this topic, which is Magic Johnson resigning so i almost don't want to talk about this because every week i want to not talk about the lakers at this point because it's just constant bad news now i was thinking going into the off season we can just clear the slate just recruit one decent max player kemba walker just give us kemba walker at this point but no magic johnson resigned to to tell uh, to kind of update everyone um you know, people that have probably been in a cave or something like that. He resigned very impromptu. He kind of held his own press press conference. He went in front of the cameras. He just told the press that, hey, look, I'm I'm resigning. I'm stepping down as uh, president of basketball operations. And in that press conference, he also told the press that he didn't speak to Jeannie. He didn't speak to Rob. So he essentially just quit without telling the people that really entrusted him to take this franchise into the next next stages, which stage one was recruit LeBron. He, he did that successfully, even though a lot of people have said that LeBron was coming regardless of whether Magic Johnson and the new management was there. He got credit for that. <laughs> yeah. sort of. he, he got credit for it, sure, but a lot of people in the know also didn't really give him much credit. Mm. But regardless, he LeBron yeah. signed well, under yeah. Magic Johnson's watch, mm-hmm. and he quit. Under his tenure, yeah, but absolutely. Why did he quit, right? And why didn't he tell management? He kind of went into it in that same press conference telling everyone that he felt that Genie would have talked him out of it. And he wanted to be a free bird. What did that mean? It was more so this whole year has been time after time just bad management. He really showed his inexperience as a president of basketball operations. It's not a job where you come in... <laughs> Where you're Magic Johnson with all this charisma, and you just say what you want, and you do what you want. It doesn't work that way. People are not going to make deals with you just because you're Magic Johnson. I think he's probably used to that in life because he's bigger than life, and he's been honestly a great success in life. S- success in life. He's his his work in the community and his business his ventures. business ventures have been very successful. And I think it was just a very a big change for him, for him to take on this role. And he, obviously he had a lot of tampering charges. He, he went on Jimmy Kimmel. He mentioned Paul George. And what, what did that end up being? It was, it was a $500,000 fine. 
Holy think about crap. that. Think about that. Do you think your boss would be happy when the Lego? Sure, they make in the millions, but five hundred thousand dollars is nothing to sneeze at. So, damn, you should have quit then. Sheesh. Holy crap. So it's it's been one misstep after another, and also let's not let's not um, skim over the fact that the AD situation, even though it involved clutch sports, kind of setting things up, he also did not handle that whole situation well in terms of leaks. And I think it's coming to fruition a little bit when he alluded in that same press conference that there were a lot of backstabbing. He wanted to say it was outhouse, but I think since then there's been a lot of reporting where people have said him and Rob actually have not really, their relationship, their working relationship has not really been well. That even even then, Waj, um, Wojnowski reported that Magic Johnson was kind of half in, half out to the job in itself, which was something that I thought going in would be a real possibility because Magic Johnson has all these other businesses to run. For him to commit to being president of basketball operations, that's a full-time job. And I think us here, we know, at least from the outside, that that job, most people, it's a lifer job. Like, people who take that job, it is 24-7. It's not something you can just come into the office here and there and pick... Yeah, you can't. Yeah, it's about relationship. That, that it's a relationship business. You have to establish relationships with agents, with yeah. other offices, with, to to be able to execute trades and you know negotiate contracts and all that stuff. So that's kind of the rundown of Magic Johnson resigning. My take is I'm. It was shocking. Number one and number two, I love Magic Johnson. He is the, he has been the face and ambassador for the Lakers for a long time. I mean, before Kobe, obviously, and for him to take on this role and leave this way. It's really tough to swallow. Yeah, he might be like the he might be the head of the Mount Rushmore of Lakerdom, or he's just definitely up yeah. there. Why would you leave without telling your boss? Think about it in any other job aspect. If you sincerely do have a good relationship with your boss and you respect how they brought you in and trusted you with this position, to leave that way, and this is again what he said. I have my own theory where he probably had a bad meeting with Jeannie and maybe they discussed this beforehand and it was just a PR stunt. Regardless, we're going to go with these facts. For him to leave that way, it's a little... I just lost a little respect for him in this current role for him to leave that way. And also, to start a job and promise the fans and the organization, you know, bringing us back into basically glory and bringing back the prestige of being a Laker, which he embodies, and then have the year play out this way and then bail with when times get tough that's just not how i want a leader to operate so i, I don't know i want to actually ask leo first since he's just across the hall and he's been like i said he's been getting shit from laker fans for a long time all his friends and including me what's your take on it Leo? you know it's all very interesting you you use the analogy of you know us going to work and you know working at good companies and stuff like that. you know it can't all go to magic, right? I think the fit was determined not just by magic, but also by ownership, mm-hmm. right? So I think ownership absolutely shares the the burden, the, the bulk of the burden, right? They didn't see that it wasn't a good fit from the beginning, and and that's the reality. Magic was never going to be the guy who will help you build out basketball operations and build out the organization and mm-hmm. run it. Uh, he's good at what he's good at, and it's. You know, I think so far recruiting LeBron was a good thing, um, but all of this, my take is, you know, it speaks to the genius of uh, 
the, the, the recent years of the Clippers uh, organization, <laughs> right? Steve Ballmer. <laughs> no, but no, 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 no. But, but think about it. Steve Ballmer, you know, ran a huge company, right? Very successful. And he knew from the get-go that he bought this team not just to be an owner. He bought this team to run a well-run organization. And, and, and he did the things. What he did, he invested. He built a load of team of uh, front office folks, front office support. He got Jerry West as a consultant. He he did a lot of good things. He enabled guys like Lawrence Frank. He brought in guys like Michael Winger. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to get into the weeds, but every one of these guys has a specific function and has a specific job, and uh, they do work together as a team to uh, to really help build, build this Clippers narrative and uh, and also build day to day so so i thought that was i thought that was genius um we tried a dog i mean look we tried a dog thing before mm-hmm. right where he was both the gm and the coach it just doesn't work both of these are bigger than one full-time mm-hmm. job and you need a team to back it up and i think uh if anything i hope the lakers learned that lesson and this you know it doesn't look good but it gives an opportunity to to rebuild uh and to build the organization up the right way and I hope you guys do that. Thanks, man. Thanks. It's not going well, but thank you. They see you. Why don't you... I will still shit on you, but I hope you guys do that. Speaking of a well-run organization, hey, just... JC, the Warriors are a really well-run organization. It, yeah. Before before I go to the Warriors, I just have a question for Leo. So is Balmer, um, is he letting the the ops guys run the basketball, op- basketball operations? Is he pulling a cube in? Or is he a little bit more hands off in terms of all of these decisions? Because at least here in the Bay Area, I'm not privy in terms of how he runs his business. So it's really interesting to hear about like you know the choices he's made. Yeah, you know, from he he's actually been playing his role. He's been very consistent mm-hmm. in being that loud voice, that enthusiastic owner, and uh, mm-hmm. getting on shows, doing his PRs, and he's done a great job. And on the day to day stuff, I mean, he in his words, he said. As, as any good CEO would do, I need to question some of the decisions, but I also need to enable my my people to do the job well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's and, cool. Yeah, and and I, I think he's done it. He he's done it. Yeah, yeah. you know, it kind of reminds me of how like the the Warriors do their their business. And I know we're talking about Magic, but like I think Joe Lacob, who also comes from a business background, kind of runs the organization the same way. As much as he likes the headlines and Lacob really likes the attention, he keeps. He hired good people. He he set up a collaborative environment where people can really succeed doing their own things. Right. And he empowers all of his team members to kind of, you know, do well, essentially. And it's kind of, you know, gone well with the Warriors. I mean, previous ownership here really wasn't run the, the same way. There were probably, like, legacy hires, a lot of political sort of uh, decisions. But I think Lacob has really changed the culture, and I think that's one of the biggest things. I mean, it harkens back to what Jack was saying, who is to blame for all the Laker troubles. Management really needs to take, management and ownership needs to take a lot of accountability just because, you know what I mean? They're the ones that make these decisions and set up all of, you know, set people up for failure or success. And I think Magic kind of falls in, in, in that place. Um, if you have good ownership, like the Warriors have currently, and like the Warriors didn't have before with Chris Cole had before the Lake of Tenure, you can really see the 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 fruits of you know the labor that the management and ownership has has put. Going back to Magic, my biggest thing is man, it just wasn't a good look. 
I get it. Magic is royalty in the NBA. But the thing is, it, like like what Leo was saying, it just never really was going to be a perfect fit for him to be in a front office role. Magic was a perfect fit for more of an ambassador relationship. You're trying to promote basketball or the Lakers or whatever. But from a day-to-day operations, it just never was the right fit. And it, it, it was kind of a head-scratcher um, once we kind of found out that he really didn't have, like, you know, the the passion or just the... the, the, the the professionalism, the business savvy from a basketball ops perspective to do that job. And unless Magic hired other people where he can be the spearhead of that thing so that he can, you know, the decisions can be made and he can be like, you know, the face of the basketball ops, it really wasn't going to work out. Um, And it's just kind of sad just because, you know, even as a Warrior fan, I don't really, you know, dislike Magic. Everybody loves Magic. But it's just sad to see it kind of, to see shit hit the fan, basically, and for it to happen that way. At least from the base perspective, when we heard the news and we saw the press conference, like, I was just like, yo, Magic, like, don't tarnish your image, bro. Like, for savvy basketball fans, it just reeks of Mm. quitting. When I saw it, I just felt like, you know, they were treating us like we were dumbasses. Bro, you can do all your political speak, but at the end of the day, you're like quitting on this team. You're getting ahead of the PR and all the bad press. And my biggest thing is just like, dude, like, I think I was telling Jack this independently prior to the pod. I was just like, dude, Magic should have just went the Harakiri way. You know, like the Japanese <laughs> straight up like honorable death kind of thing like yeah you fucked up already in terms of what happened in the lakers just you know just take it like take it like a soldier and take it take the bullet deep and the thing is magic is so at least from my perspective magic seems like he was so preoccupied with maintaining his image and maintaining himself as a winner and not having the stench of what had happened this year occur and be associated with him that it just kind of didn't come up as a good look now you can fool other people you could fool the you know new new fans or whatever but at least og fans people that have been keeping track of like all of basketball bro we can see through the bullshit and it just wasn't a good look with that said i mean magic's magic and he'll probably bounce back but right now i'm just like bro you it was it was completely unnecessary to pull this and it was just kind of you know it's just kind of sad to see like the lakers have had a rough season Mm -hmm. and it's just like he didn't have to add to yeah i want to i want to add to the points that you guys made Number one, Magic bailing really was a PR move for himself. I think he saw where the ship was going in-house and out-house in terms of his reputation and the, the credibility he's built as a, as a Laker player and business mogul. He saw this was not going to go anywhere good because he's, he's the toast of the town. And for the first time, I think when he entered these buildings and the Lakers season not playing out the way that he thought, people booing him, people criticizing him, I don't think he liked that. I think he was like, hey. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. He wasn't used to that. He's not used exactly. to that. Exactly. So he was thinking, look, either I jump ship now or I continue on this sinking ship. Because regardless, even if next year they recruited someone decent, let's say Kemba Walker, and they didn't meet expectations, it would have been on magic. Because at that point, it would have been like, why couldn't you bring in Kyrie Irving, KD, Kawhi? That's literally the reason why you were hired, to use your celebrity and use the yeah. all the... Just that charisma that you had to close these free agent signings. And that's also, I want to say, make a point to Leo's, is that's also the fault of Jeannie Buss. I think for a long time, she tried to follow her dad's business model. And since he passed, 
she, he hired Jerry West to be the GM and the president, right? Jerry West, ha Jerry West is a genius, number one. And I think she thought this hire would be in line with that hire that her dad made. But she didn't really vet it out. She doesn't have the talent of cultivating, or, or let's say the talent of attracting or seeing talent in other people. So in this position, it was more PR. She was like, okay, Magic Johnson, he's a closer. He closes business deals, so he can close for us. But she doesn't see the nitty-gritty, the day-to-day -day things that Magic would have to do that he failed at. That you could see in the season, it played out. He also, they didn't build a good trust within the organization as the Clippers have done. Um, so moving forward. It's not that yeah, simple. So, mo so moving forward simple. for the Lakers, this is a wake-up call. They need to mm -hmm. look within the owner, honestly, to be like, hey, this model that we've been going with, doing hiring old Laker legends and stuff like that, unless it's Jerry West and they want to bring him in, and he's he's pretty old now. I think he can only really function in a consultant role or advisor. They yeah. need to bring yeah. in experienced people. I mean, I want to say this. It might hurt you a little bit, JC, but there's a lot of rumors with Bob Myers. There, there, there are rumors that the Lakers oh, want to poach a top exec. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on, and, uh, man. He has a perfect job up here. Money talks, ball. Money talks. <laughs> hey, you got you Man. got you got a Bob Myers and a Mark Jackson as coach. Oh my god! <laughs> Hire Kobe or some other Laker legend. Keep our Warrior guys. So I want to close Man. this out. Um, the Lakers have a, a summer to really figure this stuff out, and this will really determine the next many years to come. This hiring, this president hiring will really determine a lot. So I really hope they make the right decision. Um, we can go into this another time. We have more pressing matters to go on to, which is our next topic. We'll call it the Bay topic. Still Bay versus LA. Clippers versus Warriors. This is why we brought you on, Leo. Diehard oh, Clippers yeah. fan versus JC, a diehard Warriors fan. It's literally David versus Goliath. Uh, let's get into it. Leo, why don't you talk about the matchup? How do you feel about all this? this? You guys made it into the playoffs. <laughs> Tobias Harris after getting traded, I thought, boom. The Lakers are in. The Lakers are in, but no. Doc and management, man, you guys have done an excellent job. First of all, props to both of you for knowing a Clipper fan, so you can actually bring someone on. To <laughs> they're, they're very few. They're very few. I might be the only guy you know who uh, it was by default. qualified. Very few legit ones. I'll tell you that. Very few legit ones. Um, oh, boy. Okay, first of all, I, I have to say we're just grateful for the season. This is probably one of the most fun seasons we've ever had. Like, it's already a success. I'm not, I don't care too much about how we fare against the Warriors, to be quite honest. It's already a success in many aspects, including making it to the mm. playoffs. But from narrative, from developing a, you know, the chemistry, a, a team identity, letting young guys play, and having young guys succeed, and creating flexibility, it, it, all of these are, are, are huge successes. And both very well for us, I think, going into the offseason. I think this playoff experience is going to be huge for our young guys, right? Because they are linchpins. They're going to be folks that will end up attracting the superstars to join. So so I think, in my book, it's already a great season. Against the Warriors? <laughs> man. <laughs> I... The fact that I'm here... Shock the world! Uh, Shock the world, I, Leo! <laughs> I, I, I have to say, um, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that we make it difficult for the Warriors. We make them work. Uh, Pet Bev is going to do his thing. Hound and, you know, and, and dog <laughs> yeah. out. 
uh, along with Trez. Like, that's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping us to show the national audience that, hey, we're a team, we're not a joke. And uh, showing guys like, you know, KD, for example, that's, by the way, that's an interesting topic, Ooh. Bay versus LA. Yeah. Uh, you know, because he might not be a Nick, he might be a Clipper. Uh, throwing it out there, right? He's been complimenting our Jerry guys. Jerry West, close the deal. <laughs> Jerry <Yeah>. West. <laughs> Uh, yeah. but but there's there's so many uh, I think subtopics in there that are fun. High level though, I'm just grateful that we're in, and I just hope we put. I, I want to ask a quick question: the Clippers and Warriors actually have a history. Do you think that plays in as a fan, yeah. and also even the players currently? Does that really affect anyone at all? I mean, Doc was been, Doc has been the coach through all that, all the recent playoff history. Yeah. Hey, hey, I, I want to give a little bit okay. of the history actually for folks because there's not a lot of people that know that there is mm-hmm. a little bit of history at least with the recent iteration of, of the Clippers Warriors rivalry. Yeah, uh, the Lakers haven't been really that relevant <laughs> in the past that, six years. You didn't have to mention so, that. There, there's the no, Warriors are looking there's for no a point of mentioning that. <laughs> Well, there is a, there's totally a point to mention the Lakers, the Lakers' epic failures. But like, um, I think the history started when uh, Lob City was in full in full swing. I feel like when the Clippers signed CP Chris Paul, they were on an upward trend, and the Warriors at this uh, at the same time were also developing a lot of players. Mm-hmm. You know, they drafted Steph, they had Clay, and all of that stuff. So in terms of like Pacific Division sort of supremacy, this was always kind of a, a really uh, brew, uh, brewing, you know, rivalry, and I I remember a lot of the the matchups were really sort of growing. Uh, maybe what 2013, 2014, yeah. around those years, uh, with CP and Blake and and DeAndre against the Warriors, the young Warriors, you, you know, with Clay, Steph, and, yep. and Draymond. Over those years, even before the Warriors kind of develop into at least a championship contender they were always trying to sort of match up with the clippers and overtake the clippers in many ways so i remember one of the most raucous experiences that i've had in oracle even compared to the recent finals championship winning warriors was the clippers warriors matchup in the second round wait 2014 2013 maybe 2014 2014 like that's the yeah, that was the wildest that I've seen Oracle. And maybe, Leo, you were catching some games then. I re- even lost to the Clippers. Totally. I remember yeah. that series full well. And let me pile on in the history. Why is that? Why is the series so significant? That was also the year when uh, the Donald Sterling thing happened. Ooh. It was right oh, yeah. in the middle of that series. Wow. Right yeah, in the middle of it. You're right. You're right. You remember those you're guys right, flipping right. the t-shirts around and, um, and, 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 and the whole thing actually happened right before game four uh, when that audio leaked. Wow. That happened during Talk the Warriors and Clippers series. Own ownership. Yeah, you're right, man. I mean, they were even successful with Donald Sterling. I mean, that's talk, how special that squad talk was. Talk about man. history. Just, just, yeah. just, just imagine. Just, just be me for a second and think about how those two weeks really were uh, as a 25, 26 mm. year fan. It, it is, it's, it was insane. It was bizarre. I was actually just complete sidebar, but I was actually at a bachelor party. <laughs> I remember that. And I was I was drunk, and I thought this was not real. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You could just imagine. It's just like holy crap! You're you. I mean, it transcended like basketball, right? It was like political. It was just super crazy that Donald Sterling was doing that. Wow, that was a crazy series. It, wow. it was crazy. I, I forgot that. Yeah, yeah. And, and for the record, by the way, that was the only time the two didn't play against each other in playoffs. 
and we won. So, <laughs> so the Warriors yeah. actually never beat the Clippers in the playoffs. Oh, <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Shots we'll, fired. We'll we'll see how we'll see how this uh, this series goes. Um, that's actually a good segue. Like, how do we think about how this series is gonna develop? Do you think the Clippers? have a shot i mean there's quite a discrepancy in terms of of talent so like what's your take on the matchup leo my my honest take is uh it's gonna be difficult right but i think at the Mm -hmm. same time we have nothing to lose Mm. and we have everything and and we we just need to show up and play the same way we've been playing all season honestly there's no shortening of rotations for us right because our our team identity is playing 10 playing Mm -hmm. 11 guys playing as a team and everyone playing hard uh we should keep doing that there's no reason to change from that and uh and and we have guys that are gonna make it tough for some of the uh some of the stars right we're gonna have pet Bev yeah. on steph that's gonna be yeah. a real matchup uh, yeah. my biggest concern is kd because I, I don't think we have anyone on our roster who can guard him yeah um, who would match up with him gallinari oh gosh Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe. The, the, the strongest man in the NBA, Genelali. Um Yeah, but yeah, it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be tired guard going KD, but we're gonna make it interesting yeah. with the guards, right? And yeah. and we're gonna have Trez, who's gonna who who could instigate and get Draymond to be um, you know a little erratic. That's possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So so those are the intangibles. Who's the five? Who's the five for? Uh, oh, ask, who's starting you want to ask Jack who's our five is? Hey, I, I, I want <laughs> oh, to. I want to say, I'm, I'm an LA guy. All right, since we yeah. we aren't making the playoffs, we, we're thinking, you know, our ship is going down. Let, let's throw the Clippers a bone. <laughs> they need they need some everything they could get to beat the Warriors. Oh Give you guys God. talk about talk hey, about man, getting a gift from uh, the Lakers. Yeah. Yeah, if if there's any team that needs a bone, it's the Lakers. <laughs> it's not the Clippers. <laughs> that was a terrible trade. That was no, a terrible I think, trade. Yeah, that was that. I don't know who made that decision. <laughs> I don't know, but you know what? Like, I actually like this Clippers squad more than the Blake CP Lob City one. Like, yeah. my favorite player from the Lob City Clippers is DeAndre Jordan. I just didn't really like the vibe that CP and uh, and Blake had right. back then. Because they, they didn't do anything, and they, you know, it, it, it just didn't rub me the right way. Maybe the same feeling that people have with Draymond, I get it. Uh, but this Clipper squad, I actually don't mind it. Like, I, I like the underdog sort of setup that they have, yeah. and they have a lot of players. You know, you mentioned a few, Patrick Beverly, Montrez Harrell. Like, all of these players have a chip on their shoulder, and they're like sort of mini Draymonds to me in terms of trying to prove, you know, prove themselves essentially mm-hmm. against the best team in the NBA. And it's, you know, I, I, I like that. If they were matching up with the Warriors, I would have been curious to see, like, how they would have fared. Just because, like what you said, they don't have anything to lose. Yep. They really don't. And if anything, that's the most dangerous thing about them, just because the expectations for the Warriors are so high that we would, you know, pretty much just dominate every matchup, not even just the Clippers, that they could, you know, they, they could lose their edge between uh, against these guys. And it's really, it's really kind of an interesting matchup. Um, with that said, I do think Clippers, they, they do have some skilled players. You didn't really do a uh, Gallinari a service too much, but I think he's averaging 20 points. Like, he's, he's putting up some numbers. He's having he the best season punch. of his career. By far. Yeah. That's, and the healthiest that's he's crazy. ever been. 
Yeah, that's not saying much with Gallinari. <laughs> you know what Shoot. I mean? But Lou Williams, he's always mm-hmm. given the Warriors a lot of trouble. Yep. Like, I don't think we really have anybody that can check them, at least from our guards, like our backup guards. You would have to beat like, Clay. I, I got to uh, add something about Lou yeah. Will. You know, what's interesting yeah. about this season is uh, I think he's having the most fun this mm-hmm. season. I think this is the first season when he's really the lead dog for the mm-hmm. team. He's never been. And uh, he even said it himself. He said it. He said this being going to playoffs with this group of guys is special. And this season is special. And I think a lot of it has to do with, again, the character of the team, mm-hmm. the chemistry, but also the fact that he get to lead this team. You know, he's the number See, one. See, that's, guy. yeah. That, and that's interesting just because that says a lot about the Clippers, right? Having Lou Williams as your number yeah. one. I mean, he's like a six-man candidate. Props to Lou Will. Like, he's definitely talented, but and it's a lot of a, a, a load to carry on your shoulders to really carry a team to a playoff matchup even i thought we would be matching up with some other squad like sacramento that's that's you know that's developing mm-hmm. and props to the clippers for, for staying relevant it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be interesting it's definitely gonna be an interesting matchup who do you think is gonna gonna be the key for this Lou series will. yeah i mean Lou will obviously i think clearly our our, our top guy so i know we're a team of te- uh, team players but Lou will and and daniel ganari got gotta step up but I also feel like our rookies, mm. there's opportunity yeah. for them. I think Shea is, uh, he's one of a kind and he's really turning into something special. Mm-hmm. Seeing his development this season has been, has been quite, quite fun to watch. And uh, this is his opportunity to at least learn. Who does he time. play like? Who does he play like? I haven't seen him play that much. Yeah, it's interesting because he, he, he really, he, I would say he's like a mix of um, Rondo mm. with the length and the vision. Uh, wow, and, and 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 a little bit of the the Sam Cassell in terms of the uh, well, mid range also helps the Sam Cassell's assistant coach mm-hmm. there and uh, and really mentoring him one on one. But but having that having that mid range, having that step back three, you know, and, and the quick release that that, that is a combination of those two things. Hopefully he doesn't have talk about shoot. OG Clippers. He's an OG Clipper, Sam Cassell. I know he was with the Rockets, but I know he spent some time with the Clippers as well. Oh, the ball dance and uh, playing with yeah. Chris Kamen and all that. <laughs> oh, damn! And then and Shamit. Yeah, I I hear comparisons that he's kind of like a sort of like a poor man's uh, Clay Thompson. I sound like such an arrogant freaking Warriors fan by saying that, but like that's the comparison I've heard. Yeah, don't be an arrogant, <laughs> annoying Warriors fan. I run into them every day. <laughs> At work, yeah, I wanted to, at the bar. I wanted to say something real quick. I was, <laughs> as, was, as I was listening to you guys, JC's arrogance kind of came out. He said he, uh, he was, they were the best team in the NBA. They actually are not the best team in the NBA. The Bucks are the best team in the NBA. So you got to check you yourself, go. buddy. You got to check yourself before you wreck yourself. I mean, yeah. Uh, for I mean, if you're looking in terms <laughs> of sheer numbers, but I'm looking in terms of a four-year span. If you really think about it, the Warriors' record for the last what four years since their run is matches the best run in the NBA. I think it was like the '80s Lakers. So don't think that that's short term, Jack. All, all, all I gotta, all I gotta say, all I gotta say is to even the, the 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 most the old school the Warriors fans that I had a lot of respect for can turn annoying, <laughs> can become an annoying Warriors fan. <laughs> This is how Jack was when the Lakers were winning. So <laughs> oh, just, I know uh, that. I'm, I'm appreciating. He was annoying too. I'm, appreci- I'm appreciating. Uh, I'm appreciating the time that we have. And 
Don't get me get, don't get me on my soapbox for talking about how legit of a Warrior fan I am and the reasons why the Warriors are super dope right now in terms oh, of the internal legit. development. <laughs> you're definitely um, um, no, but but to that point, yeah, Shaman. I actually wouldn't compare him to Clay. He's more of a JJ Reddick. Yeah. Definitely more of a JJ yeah. Reddick. Oh wow, and uh, and fits into Doc system very well. Again, like guys like him, guys like Shea, like there's an opportunity for them. And this is this playoff. Why not play against the best team if you're gonna be uh, dev- a development core? Exactly, and 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 like going back to the initial Clippers matchup that we had, I think all those battles that the Warriors had with the Clippers back then really prepped them to become a championship contender. Right. I shit you guys not. Like I mean, those battles, it was painful. Like I remember Steph and Clay. Like this is when I knew that they were winners. Right yep. is when they lost to the Clippers in that series. Those guys literally were crying mm-hmm. in the locker room. Mm-hmm. Like they had like the Kobe competitiveness. It's not talked about that much, just because everybody thinks that everybody's so arrogant. But the fact of the matter is, these guys wanted to win so bad that they took it personally and they put in the work for that. So I'll take all that arrogant warriors, you know, criticism. I think it's it's. I mean, if you're secure in terms of you know your fandom and the players that you have like you're just gonna be like hey man i'll just take all the criticism that i can get and i had a lot of respect even back then even that series we won that series but i could see it in in Stephen clay Mm -hmm. and i think i think that's i think that season mark jackson was really the thing that was getting the getting in the way (laughs) (laughs) yeah the next lakers head coach (laughs) mark jackson after we hire bob myers though after we hire bob myers (laughs) Yeah, but if you hire Bob Myers, you yeah, won't see know, Mark Jackson as the head coach. You guys will get like some guy from like <laughs> Europe or whatever to, to to hire someone someone like that. Um, in terms of, I mean, going back to this Clipper Warrior matchup, I know we kind of talked about the history. I guess for this for this particular matchup, at least from a Warriors perspective, I mean, it's kind of good to to see who Leo thinks might be the X factors. For me, it's definitely Patrick Beverly and. And Montrez Harrell. I mean, I think Patrick Beverly can really throw Steph Curry he, out of his game. He can also injure Steph Curry. And I know that. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, and it, it and and that's that's actually a reality that we could face, right? I mean, if Pat really bodies him up, God knows what's going to happen with Steph, and that really gives me gives me a lot of, uh, of uh, anxiety. Hey, let's be let's be clear though. Pat Bev would never do it intentionally. He's not that kind of guy. But the the, yeah, the, the, the the kind of play, you know, it's possible. Yeah. He, right. he yeah, it's like Draymond. At the- <laughs> Draymond would never really injure. Besides punching guy. someone in the nuts, that's that's. <laughs> like, did Patrick Beverly have that that kerfuffle with uh, Russell Westbrook? Yeah. Russ was really pissed off about that. I get it though. I mean, he's just playing really hard, and in terms of in that intensity, he could. I mean, Leo knows. So I do Leo knows you play with factor. me. I get I get heated. You you just live on the edge, man. You live on the edge. That's the- yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, 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 and you got to know when to push buttons edge. too, right? You got to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why I think he's a big X factor. Like as talented as Shamit and uh, and Gilgis Alexander are, I do feel like Patrick Beverly is a, an X factor. Agreed. Uh, and Harold, I like Harold. I've seen him play. I liked him when he was with the Rockets. I was talking to Jack about this. Like he kind of reminds me of Draymond in terms of the hustle. Mm-hmm. It seems like he's a little bit of a different player. Who was your comparison, Jack, uh, for Harold? Well, I, I said he was kind of like a he was like a poor man's Ben Wallace, but he has more he has less defensive skill and probably more offensive skill than Ben Wallace. But they're the kind of hustle players. He's you know? like 
Yeah, I agree. He's like the modern day Ben yeah. Wallace slash Charles Oakley, Charles yeah. Anthony Mason yeah. kind of mold. Yeah, because and and that's I think that's a trend, and then I think. Uh, who I think are the X factors because in terms of uh, like uh, again sounding like an arrogant warrior fan in terms of like skill players and just like scoring or whatever they're not gonna outshoot the Warriors Mm. like honestly they're not any knowledgeable basketball fan would you know would say that you know what I mean it's just like I I know what our team is made of so I think if they get the game really grinded out dirty and just really rough basically not the Warriors style that's where the Clippers can potentially have an advantage and this is why I think folks like Harold and folks like Patrick Beverly are X factors. Yeah. If they really, yeah, if they muck up the game, they could, they could, they could really, yeah, I want to kind of get, I'll, I'll point out what an underrated aspect of the Clippers though. No one knows this, but we're actually the second highest scoring team in the NBA Whoa. this season. Whoa. Second. You just the dropped the ball. Gallinari. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so keep, uh, keep overlooking mm. us. I like that, you know? No, no, but I'm just saying, though, if you're going to get into a shootout, I'm going to take my guys any day of the, the week. Yeah, the numbers definitely say that, but the playoffs are different. It's a, if it's, it's a different animal. And the Warriors haven't been there up defensively, and everybody thinks that we're all fireworks and, and three-pointers. But in the playoffs, we clamp down. Maybe, maybe the muck-it-up game is, you know, might work to our advantage. But I do feel like these guys could be... Do you, you guys know, Do you guys have you any, could be you guys the have any predictions of how the series is going to go? Is it going to be a sweep? Are the Clippers going to win a game or two? <laughs> Let's keep it real, guys. Can, can, can I start? Yeah. I'll give you. Yeah. I'll give you two scenarios. I'm gonna be greedy okay. here. I think if we take game two, mm-hmm. if we take game two, pivotal one, we could make this very interesting. It could be. I, I don't think we'll still come out winning, but we could make it a six, seven game, seven game series. If we don't win game two, I think we get swept. Why'd you pick game two as the the game? Why do you think uh, that's gonna be the one that they can kind of steal one? Yeah, because I because I think uh, well, first of all, I think uh, the if. That's the one that uh, if you win it, you can really start having the Warriors question mm. themselves. Yeah, I see. I but see. if they and if you don't take it, if you bring, uh, if you go back to LA down to uh, down to, uh, I don't know. And I think Warriors by that point, they just feel like they're yeah. just going for the motions, and yeah. you know, it's not going to be a big deal mm. for them. Yeah, I see. I see. Uh, for me, I'm not going to sound like an arrogant <laughs> Warriors fan. Um, there's a lot of people, at least on talk radio, saying that it, it could be a sweep just by the sheer talent uh, discrepancy. Uh, I'm not going to say that. I don't think it's going to go six or seven. I think it's going to be mm. five games. And, you know, my prediction might be way off. I think the Warriors are going to probably win maybe the first three and they'll 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 take their foot off the gas pedal and they'll probably lose the game in LA. They'll probably lose one of the games in LA and they'll probably shut it down on um on game 5. Uh the Warriors this season haven't been as focused as I want them to be. I can see them easily drop a game. I could see it be a case where the Clippers make a run being the second highest scoring team. Maybe <laughs> Gallinari just goes on fire and then KD just becomes disengaged or some shit like that. And then I could see them just mail it in and just say, you know what, we'll uh, we'll get them on the next game. So five games. Uh, I definitely don't want it to go longer than more than five games just because the more games that they play, the more risk for injury. So, so this is how I look at it. I think this series, um, not having a biased view at all, <laughs> even though I, I, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of leaning towards the Clippers just because they're the underdog. <laughs> 
it, it's, a, it's a really good first round matchup for the Warriors in the sense that they'll get tested. But the, there is a talent discrepancy. Mm. They'll get tested in the ways that they need to wake up. Uh, and, and if at any team, they need to wake up in the playoffs, obviously, right? But the, the Clippers are going to bring it. They're going to bring it with a lot of intensity. And the Warriors have to match that intensity. Even though they're more talented at most of the positions, they're going to have to match that intensity. And it'll put them kind of in, in that mode. They can't just coast. And I, I was going to say, all the West matches are pretty tough anyways. But I really like the Clippers. The Clippers have such a great team. I mean, they're I can't I can't speak more highly of the Clippers now because they're the polar opposite of the Lakers. They're completely the polar opposite. Lakers are all about glitz and glamour. Clippers, they're building it. And I want to actually make this little tell this little story. I, I was playing pickup ball at a local park not too far from Pasadena, and the courts were terrible. Uh, I started playing it about a year ago, and a couple months in, the whole courts were renovated. And I looked at the backboard. It was brand new and it had a Clipper logo on it. And I thought, wow, Bomber is investing in the community. I'm almost tempted to switch to be a Clipper fan. He fixed the courts that we're playing on. (laughs) Sacrilege. Jack, you're You're, melting. You're quitting on the Lakers. You're melting my heart. You're quitting on the Lakers like magic, man. You're quitting on the Lakers like magic. (laughs) I thought it was Laker for life. Laker for life? Hey, this is just pot talk. Huh? Like, I'm, sh- I'm just trying to boost up my friend's confidence there. <laughs> hey, hey, Jack, two things, two things. One, remember you had the Elton Brand jersey. That's true. You remember that? That's that, true. Right? That, was the, that, was the, that was the going way back, talking about going way back. We bought, we bought our first jerseys, the authentic ones. And somehow I got talked Jack into buying a Clippers Elton Brand jersey. <laughs> Ooh. Not sure. Ooh, how. Man, hey, you're, you're killing my credit. You're killing my credibility on this show right now. <laughs> no, I, I I got pictures of it. Man. Forget about credibility. Oh snap! We're gonna have to use those pictures. I mean, mostly because You'll never hear that. Mostly because the Kobe jersey was too expensive, probably. But uh, but anyway, yeah. So yeah. so to that. And by the way, I mean, pick your LA team. Like, Roofer, you know, your LA team's not here. Root for an LA team, you know we our bandwagon's open, and I know you're not a bandwagoner. I know if you decide to root for us, you root for us like a real fan. So you know you're w- welcome on, come on board. Uh, I'll say this: I think the the series will be five games. I th- I'll give the Clippers the chance to win one, just out of respect that do- they're a really well coached team and they got a lot of heart. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be five games, if not a sweep. So we'll see if it ends up panning out that way. I think that's been a really lively debate. I want to thank Leo for coming on. It's it's really been awesome, actually. You're our first guest, and it went super smoothly, I thought. Right, JC? Yeah, yeah. It's great. It's great. So I'm glad to get his takes in. Hey, yeah, Leo, thanks, man. Hey, guys, thanks for having me. Thanks for trusting uh, a pot noob, by the way. <laughs> I, I was having technical difficulties <laughs> getting on. <laughs> but I'm glad it all worked out. So thank you, Leo, for coming on. Um, we're going to close the show with that With that said. So please follow us on Ball vs. Life Official on IG. Shoot us an email if you want to like reach Leo. I'll, I'll send the email to him, ballverselife at gmail.com. And this will, this will be the first of many episodes that Leo will be as a guest. So unless you guys hate him, then we're never bringing him. <laughs> God, I'm totally kidding. Leo, we love you, man. So thank you. Thank you for coming on. And thank you for listening as always. See you guys next week. Peace. Peace. Peace.